0: We have arrived at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, what we're going to look at today, you really have to come to a place where you decide that what the Bible says is absolutely true is not a fairy tale. I shared a few weeks back that I think in a family, there are three things you have to transfer to your children. You have to transfer them the correct understanding of Jesus, Number two, you've got to transfer to them that church is more important than anything else institutionally. And number three, you've got to transfer to your kids that that book is absolutely correct and nothing in it is a fairy tale. As a matter of fact, what it says is absolutely what's going to happen. So we come to chapter 5, verse 6. And we're going to walk through this, so I want you to relax. Time the Cowboys play. Because the only team that really mattered won yesterday, and that would be Alabama and A&M, the two teams that mattered. So we don't have to worry about the TV. We're going to relax, and we're going to walk through some verses of Scripture together today. Trust me. Now, listen to verse 6. Listen to what he says. And we're going to walk through a great deal, but I want us to be clear on what this means for us here. Remember, the context of where he's talking, there are three parts of time for us. There's the time Adam and Eve had everything perfect. They blew it. There's the time coming when we exit this world and we step into a realm that's way beyond anything even Adam and Eve knew. And in this time frame, we, remember he says, we struggle. We groan. We wrestle with different things. Even in in a relationship with Christ, we wrestle because there are things we don't know, we don't understand. And so this is a difficult time. Now going to tell you a couple things about this time again Uh, look at this therefore being of good courage always now he bases that when he says therefore on the previous verse we looked at last week that when you become a believer the holy spirit indwells you permanently and he is your down payment from god his promise to you that when you come to the exit place he's taking you home now that's his promise and he says because of that we're of good cheer. and that doesn't mean that much to you and me, but it meant a lot to him. As a missionary, which is what he was, remember, he's in a local church in Antioch, and the Holy Spirit spoke to the church and pulled him and Barnabas out and put them on the mission field. Now, when he went out on the mission field, he faced death constantly. They stoned him once at Lystra, thought he was dead. He got bitten by a snake after a shipwreck, poisonous. They thought he would die. He says in the 15th chapter of the first book of Corinthians that he fought wild beasts in Ephesus. They tied him up in animal skins, let the dogs loose on him. He thought he would die. He says that the way I maintain good courage and cheer is I know no matter what happens to me. If the worst thing happens and I exit, I know where I'm going. I don't think you can be a missionary today without chapter 5, verse 6 being true in your life. Not everyone's called to do that, but those that are called, I don't think you can be called to Yemen Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan The places where things are dire with believers Unless you understand that premise that I can rejoice because no matter what happens to me I know my destiny Now Listen To what he says Always being courageous and knowing While I'm in the body I'm away from the Lord. We walk through faith, not through sight. I'm I, courageous and would rather be away from the body and with the Lord. Now, you stay there. Listen to what he says. I want you to listen to Jesus Christ. Now listen. These are the words of Christ. In the house of my Father in many mansions, if it weren't so, I would have told you, and I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, now listen, I'm coming again. I will receive you to myself that where I am, you also may be. Now, here's the deal. There is no soul sleep. There are people that teach that when you die, you sleep like a couple thousand years so Jesus comes back. No, 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 no. You exit. Three things Jesus promises you in John 14. He will arrive at your exit point. He will deliver you and place you where he lives. He will arrive, he will escort you, and he will deliver you home. Now, that's what he promises. That's the guarantee. It's not a fairy tale. It's not, it's not a magic show. It's not illusion. When my, when my dad died, we went home to Alabama. And this would only happen in a funeral home in northern rural alabama we get there and the we, we they've got the casket right and they've got it in the funeral home. and it's open now for you never been to a funeral when a casket's open you see the body and he's in there and they've got the casket open so the funeral director comes to us and he says listen we're about to start the service y'all need to go sit down so peg and i and the kids we go sit down the fr- at the front I will never forget this as long as I live. They start the service, and the funeral director walks out very solemnly, puts his hands like this, no smile, and stands in front of the casket. So we're kind of like, okay. And then you hear this bizarre noise, right? And this curtain is coming out and he's we don't see him anymore you hear a lot of noise you hear things being shut and closed and turned and all of a sudden the noise stops and the, the curtains open and i lean over to my wife and i said it's a magic show The casket was open, and there was a man there. And now it's close, and he's gone. <laughs> so my parents had the pre-need at the same funeral home when we went to my mom's funeral. I, I, I know it's horrible. We just kind of sat back, sure enough. Out he came, curtain closed, magic show, it's done. So sometimes in you go to a funeral home in northern rural Alabama, you may come to think this a little bizarre, but I'm telling you, what the Bible says is that when you hit the exit point, He arrives, he escorts you, and he delivers you home. There's no illusion, there's no deceit, no tricks, no curtains closing. He takes you home. That's a guarantee. I'm absent from the body, I'm present with the Lord. Which is why, by the way, as a family, we're going to be cremated. Now, if you want to buy a casket, that's great. And there's nothing wrong with that, but let me just tell you, okay. Don't spend a lot of money. I've seen caskets, a guy told me back the other day, had this massive casket, on the inside of the casket was the seal of Texas A&M University. Now, that's great, but the guy you're putting in there doesn't know that's there. He doesn't wake up in 100 years and go, cool. He doesn't do that. He's dead. He's gone. You're putting his body in there, and that's fine. And if you want to make a really cool place for it by, that's great. But we're being cremated because it's a whole lot cheaper. You say, what are you going to do with the ashes? My wife told me she was putting mine in the kitty litter, but I don't. (laughs) But again, I don't care. I'm not there. Put them in the kitty litter. I'm home. So understand. What he says is, I hit the exit point. Jesus arrives, escorts me, and delivers me to where he is. Now, that's the absolute truth. You say, well, how do you know that? Look at what he says in verse 7. For we walk through faith, not through sight. That's how I know that. I've never seen that happen. I don't know how many funerals I've been in. I don't know how many times I've been in the room when someone died. I've never seen Jesus come. I've never seen him arrive I've never seen the escort I've never seen the delivery but I walk by what this says now by what I see I've never seen it but I believe that every person I've ever buried that knew Jesus Christ that he arrived escorted him and delivered him home because that's what this says so I walk by faith in what this says not through sight you say okay so while I'm in this realm, and, and there are a lot of you in here that probably have 40, 50, maybe 60 years of life left. You're not at the end. Some of us are. You're not. You've got a lot of time left. So in this time frame that you're in this world, the exit is a long distance for you. But while you're in this world and you're walking toward that exit, What is happening up there in regard to here? Now watch. Look at what he says. Beginning in verse 9. Therefore, we make it our ambition, whether at home or away, to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one would receive the things he's done through the body, whether good, whether bad. Now, so if I know, okay, I come to Christ, Holy Spirit comes in, guarantee, I know that one day he is going to come and arrive, escort, and deliver me home, then in this time frame, when I'm walking toward that exit, and I know he's fixing to arrive, then I'm going to spend my life doing what I can to please the one who's coming to take me home. So that's what he says. Now here's what he says. And we're going to cover a little ground here, okay? What I do here, in this time frame, determines what happens to me We're going to look at two particular passages of Scripture today. I want you to go with me so you read it and you see it and we'll walk through it as best I can. Number one, I want you to go to Revelation 20. Go to the book of Revelation, chapter 20, beginning in verse 11. You know, I like to hear pages turning or phones moving whatever your bible's on I just don't want to hear it go off and you're doing this Now listen to Revelation 20:11 I saw a great white throne and the one sitting upon it and from his face the earth fled and heaven and there was no place found for them And I saw the dead great and small standing before that throne books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged based on what is written in those books according to their works the sea gave up its dead death and hell gave up the dead that was in them and they were each judged according to their works and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death of the lake of fire and if anyone was not found written in the book of life He was cast into the lake of fire. Now, I know. We tend to read that and think fairy tale. Everyone in this room. We're going to face one of two ends. If I walk through this life and I say to Jesus, no. God comes through Spirit, offers me the blood of Jesus as a forgiveness for my sin, an antidote, a security for my destiny. This is where I'm going. If I look at him and say no, then when I exit, there's no one waiting. You notice it says death and hell. I am immediately placed in a holding tank for Revelation 20. And one of these days, I will face the creator of the universe. And that he will look in a book. He will look in two books, basically. There'll be a book of all the things I've done that didn't honor him. And then in the next book, there will be a book of names. And if my name is not in that book, then my destiny is separation eternally. Now listen. From people and God. I still have people say to me, Hey, I don't mind going to hell. I'll be with my friends. No, 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 no. Whatever God blesses us with in heaven is taken away from you in hell. Two things he blesses us with is himself and us. Those two things are removed. So you're alone and without God for eternity. If he offers you Jesus and you say, no. Now, for those of you that have said yes, there is equally an evaluative judgment for you. Go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. beginning in verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. Now, Revelation 20 is the bad news. This is actually incredibly great news. There's no other foundation anybody's able to lay except that of Jesus Christ. If anyone builds upon that foundation, gold, silver, precious stones... Wood, hay, stubble. The work of each one will be made clear. For that day shall declare it. It shall be revealed in fire. And the work of each one shall be tested by fire. And if the work of one abides, uh, uh, that he's built on, he shall receive a reward. But if the work of one is removed and lost, He are burned away, he shall receive loss, but he himself shall be saved, even as if it were through fire. Now, so watch this. And then we're going to go to three verses because I want us to be clear today. So I'm walking through life. I meet Jesus, okay? Puts his Holy Spirit in me. I hit the exit point. He arrives, escorts, and delivers me. Until that time, from the time I meet him, until I hit the exit, everything I do, everything I do, either is honoring to him or dishonoring to him. Even this morning. Ostensibly, I'm opening the truth of the word of God, which should be, honoring to him but if i do it out of a motivation i want you to leave and say boy chris i was a really great preacher then i lose what benefit i might have gained today so here's the deal now, i want you to listen to me carefully because i want you to catch this everything we do jesus said you give a cup of cold water in my name not in your name but in my name won't be lost so everything i do cup of cold water I pray for that person that wounded me. I'm alone. I'm tempted to go to a certain website. I say, no. Everything I do, everything I do for him, he not only sees, uh, but he records. He puts in a ledger. When I come to the exit, And he arrives, escorts, and delivers me. At some point past that, when the end of time comes, there'll be a great white throne judgment. I don't go there. You and I don't face that judgment. We escape that one. But now we face a different kind of judgment that's really an evaluation of what we've done. And here's the really cool thing. If I've done it for me, I don't get rewarded for it. If I've done it for him, I do. But here's the best part to me. It's not a subtraction and addition thing. It's not like if I do four things for Jesus on Friday and three things for me on Friday, then I only gain one thing. No, 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 no. All the stuff I lose is just lost, I don't gain. But when I step into eternity, everything I did do for him, I keep. I don't carry any sin there. Why? Because the blood of Jesus washes away sin. If I've got one little sin, I don't get in. You can't punch your ticket unless you're as holy as God is, and you can't be that, which is why Jesus came and was holy and died on the cross. His righteousness, his blood washes it away. So when I step here, I don't have anything bad, and the only thing is I don't get punished. I just get rewarded. You say, well, what is is the reward? Go with me, last thing we'll look at, but go with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 2. If you want to have an idea of what's coming, there are seven letters to seven churches in the book of Revelation, chapters 2 and 3, and at the end of them, he describes a little bit of heaven. But I want you to listen to what he says. First of all, in chapter 2, verse 17. The one who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. To the one who conquers, I shall give to him hidden manna. and watch this. And I shall give him a white stone. And upon the stone a new name written, which no one knows except the one receiving it. Now, name change is always a big thing in the Bible. Jacob meant what? Anybody know the word Jacob? Trickster, supplanter, deceiver. Northern Alabama funeral home director. That's Jacob. Israel. He changes his name to Israel. What does Israel mean? One who prevails with God. He changed it the night he wrestled with God and prevailed. And the Bible says his name is changed to Israel. Prince of God or one who prevails with God. The name change is always significant. He says that when you and I die and we step in here and we get here and we're evaluated, when that evaluation is over, we're given a new name. Now, What does that name refer to? Now look with me, look in chapter 2, verse 26. And the one who conquers and keeps until the end my works, I shall give to him authority over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And then look down in chapter 3, verse 21. The one who conquers, I shall give to him to sit with me in my throne as I have conquered and have sat with my father in his throne. Now, I meet Christ, nine years old, Holy Spirit indwells me, I live to be eighty-two, I come to the exit moment. Jesus arrives, escorts, and delivers me home. At the end of time, I'm evaluated for these years. Now, he doesn't explain the details. But let me be clear. The Bible does not teach that we sit on clouds have harps and wings I'm grateful because I don't think I'd play music for all eternity so we don't we don't do that Goth maybe but I don't think I can play guitar or harp for all eternity We work we sit on thrones we have authority in his kingdom under him. how high is our authority according to Genesis 1. We're the only being of all creation in His image. We reign. Jesus said, I sat down on my Father's throne, you will sit with me on my throne. We reign with Him. We execute His design over all creation. That's what we will do for all of eternity. I will be given a name that reflects my calling. My parents had no idea. When I was born, they dedicated me to the Lord. They had no idea. And they gave me the name Christopher, which in the ultimate irony is a combination of two Greek words. Pharaoh, to carry, and Christus, Christ I would spend my life driven by the Greek language bearing about through my ministry the name of Jesus Christ what they inadvertently did in my life God intentionally does at the end of time everything you've done here determines what you do here The depth, I think, and this is me, the depth of your leadership and administration, of God's administration in heaven, is based on what you've done here. Now, i got to tell you, I love that. For this reason. I grew up in a church where I was taught from day one as a kid that God... Was watching everything I did. And that he had a big rod. And that he was watching me. Sort of hoping I would fail. And then he could just. Poof, pop me a little. And move on. I lived. In that fear. But not anymore. He does watch everything I do. He only watches it. He records it. But although junk I do when I exit is gone it's been released in the blood of Jesus Christ and when I turn the only thing I carry in are the things I've honored him with and he gives me a new name and a new calling and a new destiny and a new purpose and a new administration based on what I've done here when you forgive that person you shouldn't when you pray and you don't want to When you don't go to a website you shouldn't go to, when in the quiet of darkness and you're alone, you show off God's character, every one of those things, remembered, recorded, and you will be honored for. God never loses anything you do for him. That is a nice promise. He does watch. He records. Not to bust me, but to bless me. And that is a great God. Let's pray. Father, your word is terrifyingly and blessedly clear. So real simply today, anybody in here who faces a judgment that will doom them, speak to them today. Let them get that corrected in Jesus. Thank you for that offer on the table. Thank you for the truth of it and the verity of it. And Father, for those in this room, let them know. Even when they mess up, you're not going to remember it. You're not going to hold it. That all you remember and hold are what we do for you and honor us at the end of time. Thank you for your love, your purpose, your blessing. And although we don't know, thank you in advance for what in the world that means. In Jesus Christ's name. With your heads bowed, eyes closed. Staff right here at the front, if you need somebody to pray with, we will be glad to do that. God's calling you to be a part of this fellowship. Or if you've never met Jesus and you want to do that this morning, as he speaks to your heart this morning, you come.